And they grab a seat and we're going to have little groms with us again, but y'all stay right there for right now. And uh, I'll bring you guys up in just a minute. I want to kind of tell you a quick story uh, about this surfboard up here, but uh, it brings me, uh, I call you guys little groms. It's my understanding because I was a little grom at one time, believe it or not. And that word, somebody's asked me before, what is that little grom? Here's how it was explained to me that when the little kids wanted to surf, you know, the older guys with silverback status or, you know, the guys that uh, were surfing already, they couldn't let the little kids have any prominence. So they had to find the lowest common, lowest term to identify these kids as. Gary, uh, I understand that it, remember, remember the old, uh, remember when Bill, Balsa Bill came out with Sun Deck? We actually had real baggies and all that. And then Birchwell, all the, but they had a little grommet in the pocket. And the little grommet in the pocket was so that the water would drain. That's where you kept your wax. And so the lowest thing on earth was the grommet in the pocket. And so every little kid coming up learning to surf was called a grommet, a little grom. So you didn't think too high of yourself. And, you know, now these little groms are on longboards, right? Stealing all the waves. But <laughs> anyways, but yeah, so that's why they're called groms. If you were ever wondering, they're like, they're, we got to keep them in their place, that they're the lowest little thing out there. So they got to kind of work their way up. But uh, anyway, so don't y'all forget it, man. You know, you, you, you respect your elders and give them waves. OK, is it a deal? All right. Good, good, good. So uh, anyways, we're, like I said, we're going to have the kids back up here in, in, in a second. Finish up our surfboard message. Well, it, actually, just keep moving forward in that message. Um, but this board is really, really special to me. It's, it's Charles's board, and I asked him this morning, I texted him, and I said, hey, can we use Alan's board? Because uh, he has Alan's board. And so here's, here's how the story goes. Back maybe about 20 years ago when I first moved here, um, I paddled out every morning at, first, at the Fort Pierce Inlet State Park. And whether there were waves, there weren't waves, whether it was blown out, whether it was epic. And many, many of the days, it would be me, a guy named Alan Margolis, and another guy named Dan O'Schlemmy. Now, when the waves got good, there were a lot of people, not nearly as many as there are now, now that we have like, you know, the wave forecast, the surf apps, the all of that. You had to kind of sort of, you just showed up, man. And it was, a lot of times it was so much better than what even anybody was forecasting or wanting. But I remember the, one of the first days that I paddled out, there was Dan O'Schlemmy and there was Alan. It wasn't, he had a board similar to this. He's always had a big, huge, long board. And Alan was always the first one out every morning. He'd always be out there. And there's pictures of Alan sitting out there with no waves at all. People just watching the sunrise behind Alan. That's what he did. So when I first met Alan Margolis, I paddled out and I said, hey, how's it going? I'm Pastor Ed. And he's like, yeah. And he wouldn't even tell me his name. He wouldn't even talk to me. <laughs> I, but I'm not a shy person. And I got some things out of him. And so I hung out and kind of badgered him a little bit, you know, just talking and stuff. But anyways, we start talking and. Every day I kind of went out a little bit more and we talked some more and, you know, he saw that I was out there every day and uh, saw that I could catch some waves and I could ride and we talked. But that first day, I'll never forget when I talked to Alan, I, I shared the gospel with Alan. I said, Alan, I mean, I just met the dude and I didn't realize how introvert. I didn't know his whole life story, which I'm going to tell you a bunch of it in a minute. But he uh, I, I'll never forget. I said, Alan, if you died right now, are you 100 percent sure you'd go to heaven? And he, and he looks at me, he's like, nobody can be sure of that. And, and, and I said, well, he said, you're a Christian, right? And I said, yeah. I said, well, man, I've, I've been raised in all kinds of religion. And that's when he told me his last name was Margolis, which is Jewish, right? And at least that's what he told me. It was Jewish. But he's like, yeah, so I got raised in, a, in Jewish, 
He said, I've, I've had numerous wives and they've all had different religions. Sounds like Solomon kind of. He's like, so man, I've gotten involved in Middle Eastern stuff. I've been involved. He said, man, I'm just kind of like a man. I was a Jew that has a, that is a Hindu with a Buddhist twist. And he's just like, so he would like, just tell me, I got it all, man. I know it all. You can't really tell me anything. You know, it's all good. Let's talk about something else. And so I was all right. And I prayed for Alan and all I would do when I paddled out and talked to Alan, I, I would share with him. I'd say, Hey, Alan, you want to know what God shared with me this morning? Cause I go, I dig in scripture first thing in the morning and I share it with the people that I'm with. And um, so I'd paddle out and I say, you want to know what God shared with me this morning? He's like, He's like, yeah, sure, go ahead, you know, because he knew he was going to hear it anyways. But uh, anyway, so I'd share with them, and I'd share with them, and and sometimes I'd paddle out, and I'll never forget that he had some sarcastic moments where he was like very anti-Christian at some point, kind of didn't want to talk about, and and I'll never forget he he there was a mo a time Chuck where he'd be like. Hey, so how's your homeboy Jesus doing? <laughs> he's still alive? And I'm like, yeah, dude, he's still alive. I mean, he would come up with some crazy stuff. Him and Buddha, they having a like, they having a uh, you know a, a, a lunch together today. You <laughs> know, I'm just like, he he really there were some times he gave me a hard time, man. But it was faithful. Him, me, him, and a guy named Dano Schlemmy. And and then it was when it was good. Chuck and everybody else would come out now. And, and that's when we now had to share the waves. In fact, we probably weren't going to get any because Chuck was the enforcer and he was getting them all anyways. But <laughs> anyway, so, so anyhow, in all of that, I, I got to meet Alan. I talked to him for probably 20 years, man. At that point, I, I, literally, I probably shared the gospel with him easy 10, 15 years. And uh, I don't even know the time frame. How long has Alan been gone now? About five years, you say? Longer than that? couple years. That's what I was kind of, yeah, yeah, it was right because they were going to have a paddle out for him. And then the quarantine happened and we could, one of the most famous surfers and couldn't even have a paddle out and they might've had one, but it was on a Sunday and I couldn't go. But anyways, so I started digging in about Alan. I started asking Spunky about Alan. I started I was like, dude, there's this guy, Alan, man. And come to find out if you guys were to go and research old surf magazines when they first started the whole surf culture, because like way back in the day when Charles got started, man, you, you were a vagabond. You and your brother, he's got a twin brother. You guys were outcasts of the black sheep of the family. I mean, surfers are the most irresponsible. Gary, Gary, that was you, bro. You guys ever want to know some Zeke stories from, you know, Surf's Up? Y'all seen that movie? This is Zeke right here. All right. I'm just telling you. Surf massive waves with a broken fin and didn't even know it till he gave the board away. All right. But anyways, uh, yeah, so back then, man, you're, you know, there was no more irresponsible thing you could do than be a surfer at that point. No one dreamt there was really going to be pros, there was going to be all this what it is, that there would be shops, all these things. It was, a, it, was a, it was a little culture, you know? And then they got the idea, probably, really, it all kind of started maybe in the early 70s where they were going to Hawaii, Australia. All these different people were coming together to try to make it a pro thing. You know, Spunky kind of told me he was part of He said that's how he met Alan Margolis because – Alan Margolis is one of the three most famous surf photographers from back in the day. If you were to look at all the old surf photos from back in the day when they decided they're going to have a magazine, surfer or surfing and so on, you'd see three main names. You see Margolis, Pope and Divine, right? And might have been somebody else in there. But those three guys you would see. And I never put it together. I never put it. whole time I'm surfing Alan, he never mentioned any of that fact. He, he came to Fort Pierce to hide. He didn't want anybody to know he was a surf photographer. He didn't want anybody to know that he was that guy. Because fame isn't always what it's cracked up. Spunky told me that Alan would go to Hawaii 
and Alan, you know, when they were going to Hawaii and Alan in the big swells and Alan would be out there taking photos and stuff. And all the Florida guys would sell their soul, everything they had to go out to Hawaii to get one shot from Alan. Man, Jeff Crawford's a guy who scored, right? It, one shot. That's what they wanted, man. They wanted their shot. And if it got published in the magazine, now you became famous, even though there were tons of Florida surfers who could be in the exact same spot as Jeff Crawford was do the same thing, but they got the photo. So if your photo didn't get published, then it was Alan's fault. And everybody hated Alan <laughs> as a photographer. He became kind of a hated guy. Because if he didn't publish your photo and he published this one, this got famous, but he didn't publish yours, man. You know, dude, Alan, why not? You know, he became kind of hated where he just became obscure and kind of an introvert. Came to Fort Pierce and didn't want anybody to know anything. In fact, I think it was one of his last wife, not his last wife, but the one before that, that burned all of his photos, his negatives and his equipment and everything. And Alan probably deserved it. And I'm just saying, but he burned everything. Imagine the photos we would have if we could have all those negatives. That's pioneer days, dude. And um, so anyways, all of that, Alan was this obscure guy. You had to kind of pry all this sort of out of him and not really, but you could kind of understand where it was all at. And Alan and I developed an affinity, even though sometimes it was quite sarcastic, like, how's your homeboy Jesus doing? And, you know, and trying to, he used to try to rile me up. And I would just love him back, man. I'd love him back. And we paddled and we paddled. We'd catch, we'd catch waves and surf together uh, on, on days when nobody else would be out there. And we developed this friendship. All of a sudden, one day, man, I didn't see him around. And I'm like, man, where's Alan? And we didn't see him for quite a while. This was maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago. I don't know. But we didn't see him for a while. Ends up, he had a heart attack. And had like three heart attacks. He said he, you know, when I finally did see him again, man, um, found out he had like, he said he died on the table three times. But Alan, I mean, he even old dude, he could stand up, he could surf. And, all, and we didn't see him for a while. We heard through the grapevine, man, he's sick, he's hurt, he's in the hospital, he had, had some bad issues. Um, his wife was a believer, though. They lived up in Vero. And um, one day I was meeting with some pastors and this one pastor up in Vero said, hey, Pastor Eddie, guess what? And I said, what? And he said, you know a guy named Alan Margola? I said, yeah. I said, you know him? How do you know him? And he's like, well, his wife had me go see him in the hospital. And I've been visiting Alan every day in the hospital for weeks. And he said, and I just want you to know, because Alan wanted you to know that he gave his life to Christ. <laughs> it was like, you. And that was that. And, and um, God, the pastor's still up there and everything. But that was Alan's, Alan's last wife, which he was, you know, was his life partner from then on and all that. But uh, so I still didn't see Alan out for a while. And one day I'm out there and Alan paddles up to me. He, man, he came right up to me and he said, guess what? Guess what? And I already sort of knew, but I wasn't going to like blow. I was like, what Alan? And Alan said, you know, he said, uh, he said, I know who Jesus is. And I said, well, who is he? He said, Jesus is Lord. And I was just like, yes. And uh, again, that was an exciting thing because to the best of my knowledge, if that's truly what he believed, this man now is in heaven. Because I'll tell you what happened uh, a, a few years after that. You know, Alan, after that, he kind of got to where he couldn't really stand up much. He's like, Emily, I said, Alan, you know, Alan, he's, is he the guy who wrote on his belly all the time? <laughs> and I was like, well, his last few years of his life, he did. 
Because when you're on your belly and you're in a knee-high wave, dude, it's overhead. And uh, anyways, Alan kept telling me, yeah, these waves are more fun. If I didn't know it was this good, I'd never stood up to begin with. But, um, but one day, I remember walking out to the beach, and it was a crowded day, and I kind of got a bad attitude now on crowded days. So we had so many good days. I walk out. A lot of times I know it's crowded. I'm just walking out to the beach. I was walking out like any other day. And all of a sudden, I hear ambulances pull in, and I'm looking. There's a bunch of commotion. I thought for sure somebody got bit by a shark or something. That's usually what it's for. And uh, so I go out there, and I see him wheeling some dude in a stretcher down that jetty road right there in there. And I'm like, who is that? And it was Alan. He died surfing, which <laughs> that's not a bad way to go, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'd like to die surfing. Seriously. Yeah, dude, that would be really cool. It's all right. If you want to throw a shark in there too, that's good. God can put it all back together. But, but man, he died surfing and he died. And as it was going, you know, people freak out on death. But I remember seeing the stretcher go by. And I'm sitting there right at the beach entrance, and I see the stretcher go by. And when I heard it was Alan, I praised God because I knew that wasn't Alan. The P was in heaven. That was just the pod. <laughs> it was going by. And, uh, and to have that kind of out, it was just awesome because Alan found out about what we're preaching about today is that there's one way to be connected to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. And I always think of him when I think of this because of our first conversation. Yeah, dude, I'm kind of Jewish, Hindu with a Buddhist twist, and I've got some Islamic whatever background, you know, and it was just like, there's so many ways, so many. And I'm like, no, Alan, there's one way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. There's no one that comes to the Father except through me. He got it. But it wasn't because he figured it out. It was because God's Holy Spirit gave him the desire and ability to believe. And I got to say, if you ever question and you don't have the desire, if you don't know that, if God ever does truly give you the desire and ability to surrender all you know about yourself to all you know about him, it's a, it's a gift from him. He said, it's like the wind. You don't know what's coming. You don't know what's leaving. You know when it's there. But if you ever have that desire to surrender everything to Christ, go for it. In fact, let me let me share this. I've shared all over the world with people. I've never met anyone who's ever given their life to Christ and wished they hadn't. But I've met millions of people who wish they had done it sooner. How many of y'all have, you know for a fact, and some of y'all are like, just because someone didn't raise their hand don't mean they're not saved, all right? But how many of y'all know for a fact that when you die, you're going to heaven because of Christ? How many gave, you're going to heaven because of Christ. How many of you would be willing to stand up right now and say, Dude, it is the worst thing you can ever do. I got, I gave my life to Christ and I found out it was eternal. I can't even get out of this Gestapo thing, man. I wish I'd have never done it. It was the most horrible thing in the universe. Anybody here say that? No. How many of y'all would say it was the best thing ever? The best thing ever. I wish I had done it so much sooner, man. Amen. Y'all clap for that. Because. <laughs> All right. I figure I better fix that before the kids get up here. So anyway, so today uh, we, we've been talking about the board. So, so kids, come on up here, man. And uh, <clears throat> Cable knows about my uh, leg headlock that I can put you in if you're not behaving. Right. All right. So okay, y'all come up, sit up here real quick. And uh, and then I found out my grandson, Keone, was an instigator in all of that. So em Emily told on you, buddy. So, hey, y'all grab a seat right up here. Emily, come on. Uh, Emily, <laughs> Emily, bring Keone down here. Sit down here. You're one of the youngins, too. She's my youngest, so. 
All right, very good. So we've been talking about this board and we're now at the part where how you get connected to it. So you guys, we've been talking for two weeks uh, easy on the board itself. And so again, you guys maybe were here, maybe you weren't, but on this surfboard right here, inside, under the fiberglass, under all that color, what, what is underneath there? Foam, foam is under there. And when we think about foam, dude, man, it's got thousands and thousands of holes. In fact, it's got so many holes. Can you even count the holes? No. And you know what, what has more? What, what else we can't count is the thoughts that God has for us. And that's what we looked at already in this. When we saw the foam, we thought about God's thoughts. And in Psalm 19 and Psalm 139, you can go back and read those. It says that you can't even count the thoughts God has towards you. And he has that towards everybody and everything. So from that, help me out, guys. Look up here real quick. So we know, help me out with this. What's the first one? God knows everything. Y'all help me out too. Come on, man. Everybody. God. Yeah, how many of y'all live with somebody who thinks I know everything? No, but but God knows everything. None of us know everything. God knows everything. That's what the word of God tells us. He knows everything. So if he knows everything, is there anything he doesn't know? No, dude, he knows every hey, how many hairs do you have on your head? You don't know? Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. God knows how many hairs you have. Yeah, Benjamin, how many hairs you got on your head? Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of follicles there, bro. No, no, I like that. I'm just jealous, all right? Because I could not pull off that look that you do. That you, you, you rock it, bro. But God knows how many hairs you have in your head, right? Yeah, multiple, yes. But He knows the exact number. Who's your dad? No, I'm just joking. All right. So yeah, multiple. Uh, so God knows everything. Then we moved in last week. Talked about the stringer in the board. The stringer is a piece of wood that gives the board strength. And that reminds us of the fact that, all right, help me out. You guys ready? God <laughs> can do anything. So we know God knows everything, but we learned also last week, God can do anything, right? And he's stronger than even that stringer. He's stronger than you. He's stronger than all of us together. He's stronger than the strongest men, all the strongest men together. What can God do? Anything, man. Anything he wants to. And if he chooses not to do it, what does that mean, y'all? Ooh, it doesn't need to be done. How many of y'all disagree with God sometimes? <laughs> yeah, this needs to be done right now. God's like, no, no, if it did, I'd do it. <laughs> and you're like, okay, all right. And we got to see it because he knows everything. He can do anything. Isn't that an awesome thing? Isn't that awesome that God knows everything? God can do anything. But what if God was only in my pocket? What if I, God was only in my pocket and it'd be like, and you needed God to do something. What if God was in my pocket and you needed God to do something? What would have to happen? You're like, hey, Pastor Eddie, can I borrow your God for a minute? Hey, Pastor Eddie, can you ask God in your pocket if, 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 if he can help me out? I mean, wouldn't that be silly? So where is God? He's, he's everywhere. In fact, we look at the, the fiberglass around this board and it covers everything. And in fact, everywhere that the fiberglass is void on a surfboard it's called a ding. 
We should probably call that in life on the earth. Everywhere God is void, there is a ding. Man, how much ding repair does this world need right now? You know what? We should start by fixing the dings in school, the dings in our family, the dings in our job, the dings in our government. Anywhere God is not, it, it, it's a ding. We call it that because water gets in, water corrupts the foam, and the bard falls apart. It becomes corrupted. So, uh, I lost my thing. Oh, thank you. Oh, you are a talented foam putter back or honor. You do know how to do it. Don't, don't discredit yourself like that. You're awesome at that. Anytime it happens, you know I'm calling on you. All right. So, all right. So, so in this, everywhere, the, the, the fiberglass on the board represents where uh, God's omnipresence, that he's everywhere. Hey, if you give your life to Jesus, where does God live? Hey, if you give your life to God, to Jesus, hey, Scott, yeah, you're actually awake right now. Good. You, Scott can sit just like that and look like he is awake. All right, good, man, good. So, Scott, when you gave your life to Jesus from that point on, where is God? He lives in you. Oh, my goodness. Have, have you ever heard somebody say, oh, you better not do that. Jesus might come back and catch you, you know, or, or Joe Dirt's mom. If you are, I'm not advocating a movie, but she also said that what you want to be where you want to be when Jesus comes back. <laughs> but the fact is, Jesus lives in you everywhere you go, everything you think about. Hey, everything you do. Guess who you're bringing along with you? Jesus, he's there. Yeah, you're exactly right. So so again, we know from the board, the board represents God. So again, y'all help me out. The, the foam in it reminds us what? Everybody, everybody help the kids. Kids help us. The foam represents God. And the stringer tells us that. And the fiberglass on it reminds us that. Oh, oh, oh hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. We've, we've got a special dance move for that one, don't we? Y'all stand up real quick. The last one. And in fact, you adults can stand up if you think you can kind of, you know, you got the move. The last one is God is everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere. All right, sit back down. That's awesome. So that we've already kind of learned from the last few weeks in there. But wouldn't it be sad to know that there is someone that can do anything, that knows everything, and that's everywhere? And, and wants to have a relationship, wants you to be connected and you never got connected, wouldn't it be sad to never have a relationship with someone like that? Especially if they wanted a relationship with you. And so that's where we get into, um, whoop, there we go. We get into God the Son, which is the leash. All right, so on a surfboard here, out in, if you got this big old board out in the water and you are out there, what if it was your survival tool? What if you fell off a ship in the middle of the ocean and it's a hurricane swell and this was your only survival tool? Would you want something to connect you to it? Yeah, because if you don't, it might hit you. It might drift away, might not be around. You're on your own if you're not connected. How many of y'all would like to have a leash to be connected in the middle of a storm. Yeah, how many of y'all know we are in the middle of a storm? That's what this life is about, and everybody's seeing who our rescue vessel is, which is God. But if you're trying to hold on, if you're trying to hold on to the, hey, bro, if you're trying to hold on to this board, what can a big wave do? Yeah, if it knocked you out, and then it floats away, and you drown, right? But, oh, I lost it again? 
we're gonna have to we're gonna super glue this thing on hang on oh wait i didn't let ashley do it there we go all right all right so so in this you you need to be connected so here is christ christ in fact look at this we're gonna we're gonna go back and we're gonna pick this apart but i want to make a point real quick it says there's one god one mediator who can reconcile god and humanity who's humanity y'all just say i am I am humanity. Uh, can y'all say that? I am humanity. There you go. Put in your mar- in your robot voice. I am humanity. Yes. And so you're humanity, and you need to be reconciled to God. So you need to be hooked to this board somehow. And it says there's one God, one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, who can hook you up with God. And look what it says. It is the man, Jesus Christ. We are going to pick this apart. We're going to look at it. But here's the point. Here's your leash. This is what hooks you. This is Christ. This is what hooks you to this awesome board. And again, what we talked about before is that if you are uh, uh, out in, the, uh, in beautiful waves uh, and you don't have a board, you drown. You, the board enables you to be able to ride and enjoy waves that will drown most people in this life. And, and in fact, that's what God even told us in Hebrews. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. But you got to believe he is who he is, and he rewards those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if every if everything's within your grasp of being able to handle it, Kathy, if, if oh, yeah, I can handle anything in life, you don't need faith, do you? So you need some situations that require faith. How many of y'all pray for situations that require faith? Dear God, don't we pray? Oh, dear God, please help us have a safe trip. How do, dude, that's how my family prays for vacations, man. That's why they don't let me pray no more. I'm like, God, do something awesome, man. Let us break down in the middle and have Jesus rescue us on the interstate. And what, but literally, isn't that how we pray? Do your prayers ever challenge? Thank you for this day. Thank me have a safe trip. I, I cringe when I hear y'all talk about safe trips. God's like, oh, man, another wuss want a safe trip instead of letting me do something so supernatural that only you can get blamed. He can get blamed for. Think about it from his perspective. Right? I challenge you. Pray for stuff that requires faith. Pray for it. Say, God, do something so supernatural in my life that only you can be blamed. God, do something. Set things up in my life where if you ditch me, it's a total failure. Instead, what do we pray for? Dear God, only put things in my life that I can do in my own strength so that if you don't show up, your reputation's not at stake, and I look pretty cool, right? Isn't that how we pray? Instead, man, dude, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you need faith to please God, you need situations that require faith, right? You need those situations that require it. I think I found the problem. There we go. This is usually firmly planted on my cheek, this cheek. And uh... all right, Ashley, if you put this on one more time, I think we are good. Sorry, we won't have any more distractions. I'm just letting you think about this last part. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, get it. When it's stuck on my cheek right there, dude. Yeah, there we go. Right now, it was like kind of out here. Yeah, this is the way I normally feel. It's like a like a mole or something. All right, so, all right. All right, so, so without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you can't please him unless he gives you situations that require faith, right? 
So what kind of situations require faith? Hard or easy situations? Hard! But when you get impossible, you know what's a cool word? Instead of impossible, because they're impossible for you. You know what's a cool word? Impossible. Ha! Oh, look at her roll her eyes. How many of y'all want to roll your eyes the same way she did right there? They are not impossible. They are impossible. And he wants to give us those, doesn't he? Impossible. So next time your mom says, clean your room, do your homework, do whatever, go, it's impossible. Oh, let me pray. He wants to give me faith to do it. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So he has to give us situations that require faith so that he can give us faith, so that when it works out, people are like, man, Charles, how'd you do that? And I know you, you could And you're like, yeah, it was God. God gets the credit. But we keep praying those situations apart. So let me ask you a question, y'all. Man, how many of y'all want to be connected to God, man? Wouldn't that, isn't that cool to be connected to God? And the only one who can connect us is Jesus. But check this out. So Jesus is like that leash that we have right there, right? But check this out. I asked my wife if I could have some thread, and she gave me this spool of thread. How many of y'all would love to have that for a surf leash? <laughs> how, many, how many of y'all would love to have that for a surf leash? What I mean, that's what it's like when you, if we were connected to God through this little thread, what happens when life gets tough? Oh, it breaks. Yeah, I'm just putting this down here because give you something to do and play with. But look, it, yeah. But anything short of Christ is this. If your relationship to Christ is based on you and your behavior, that's it. If, if you're going to heaven is based on your works, that's it. Dude, if, 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 if God loving you is based on you being a good boy or a good girl, there it is. If you getting through a situation um, in your own strength and in your own resources without a holy, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent God. That's it. Man, if it's anything other than Jesus Christ, you're hanging on by a thread, amen? Hanging on by a thread. Man, that's why I wanted Chuck to bring this big old giant board because can you imagine back when we had the leash law and I'm paddling out and I've got a thread hooked to my, what would Steve say then? The ranger. Like, go get a real leash. But man, isn't that what God says a lot of times when you're trying to do it in your own strength? He says, go get a real leash. Go get a real mediator. Go get a real God. But if you're trying to do it, you're this thread and it keeps breaking. <clears throat> yeah, it's like a booger, isn't it? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm told, all right. But <laughs> by Keone, no, but. But in reality, so I want you to think about that, y'all. In fact, it might not even be a bad idea if you even tied a piece of string around your neck or had a piece of string or, or had a spool. Because how many of y'all are guilty in trying to do what God wants you to do in your own strength? I was blown away. We don't go over all this. I have no clue what I'm going to say, as most of you guys even know. I don't know what they're going to sing. I don't know what they're going to pray. When Emily was praying and praying, you know, God, just help us stay out of the way, not do things in our own strength. Holy Spirit was giving her that in light of that string. So I got to believe there's somebody, somebody, probably every one of us that needs to be reminded about that string. That man, what holds us to God is Christ. What keeps us connected to God is Christ. 
what keeps us from wiping out. You know what he's doing right now? Hey, y'all know what he's doing, what God, what Jesus is doing in heaven right now? He's what? He's working. And you know what he's working to do? Yeah, he, he's praying for you. He's working to keep you saved. The only reason you're saved and have eternal salvation is because he's keeping you saved right now. If your salvation wasn't based on Christ and he wasn't up there keeping you saved, and how long is he going to keep you saved for, Brandon? Forever. If he wasn't up there keeping you saved, how long would you be saved for? What if, what if old uh, MJ next to you was supposed to keep you saved? How, uh, how long would you be saved? <laughs> MJ, what if your dad was supposed to keep you saved? How long would you be saved? Not very long. But if Christ is keeping you saved, how long are you saved for? Because he's going to keep you saved forever. Amen? Dude, you guys got the spool and you aren't supposed to have that. All right, just pieces. All right, there you go. Oh, dude, he got a broke, fresh broke piece off. Here, grab that, man. Yeah, no, grab it, dude. I don't want to cut your hand. Wrap it around your hand like you don't do with a boat line. There you go. All right, beautiful. So in this, I just got to believe somebody needs this today. But let's go ahead and look at the scripture in this if we can. Check this out. Uh, very beginning. In fact, the whole First Timothy 5, if you looked at it, it's talking about evangelistic praying. It's saying, pray for your leaders. How many of y'all have political leaders that when you see their face in your head, it makes smoke come out of your ears? Okay, yeah. Did anybody have those? I didn't ask a party, whatever. Here's what you do. When their face comes in your head, according to 1 Timothy chapter 2, what are you supposed to do for them? You pray. It's not God's will that anybody, anybody goes to hell. It's his will that everybody will play by his rules and get saved. Doesn't say everybody's going to get saved, but it says he wants everybody to come to him on his terms, and his term is Jesus Christ. So it talks about the people we pray for. Go read that when you go home, First Timothy chapter two, the first four verses. But here's what he says: is is the meat behind it? He says you can pray for them, pray for their salvation. I am going to be real honest with you guys before I get back to you guys. Because these guys are sawing my toenail off with a, that's awesome, bro. Your mom's going to want to wash your hands <laughs> when you're done. They're sewing my toes off with thread. But man, I'm just going to be real honest with you. I used to really, when I saw the bonehead things, I'm not trying to get political, but I do not believe Nancy Pelosi loves me. I do not believe that Nancy Pelosi has my best interest as her interest. I believe that she's a lost woman that needs Jesus and, and that she is out to make herself more rich than she already is, along with Biden. And again, I'm not, I, I don't know how you feel. I'm just saying, I'm telling you personally, they're out for themselves and they're not out for me. So listen, and, and we'll go on the other side. Man, I don't ever want to hear Lindsey Graham ever speak again. The dude talks all nice and conservative when he needs some votes and whatever, and then he votes liberal. But I'm just saying, again, I'm not getting political. Here's what I'm saying. When I watch these guys live these double lives, I mean, literally, if Biden and Pelosi are on life support, how much more life do they have and how much more money are they going to need? And they can't take it with them. It grieves me. It used to make me angry. And I'd have smoke come into my ears. And then God showed me this. And I feel bad because they're going to be in eternity a lot longer than they are on this planet. And you can't take it with you. It's worth nothing. Nothing in Egypt is worth anything Anything coming back for. So when I see these people on both sides of the aisle, I see their 30 mile an hour on Indian River Drive. It's the most common. You know what I want to do? I pray. When I see Pelosi's face in my head, I don't get angry anymore. I pray for her soul. 
When I see these lost politicians facing my head who think they run the world, Soros, is he even alive? Is he like, he's a cyborg? I don't know what he is, but dude, he's evil, period. I, for somebody who's evil, how many of y'all were evil before you came to Christ? And what makes you think they're any harder to save than you? Well, because I had a moral upbringing. But no, dude, I don't care who it is. Without Christ, it's evil. And the only thing that could save us was Jesus Christ. Amen? And he is certainly capable of saving every single other person. And so when we, that's why we don't walk or we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principality. We fight against people being used by the devil. That's who we fight against. And some of us are being used by the devil. So we should be praying for each other in that. But man, when somebody is not possessed by God, they're possessed by Satan. That's what lost is. He's your boss. He's your captain. No, I'm in between. No, not scripturally. You're either possessed by God or you're possessed by, the, by Satan. That's what scripture tells us. You can read it. You cut the Bible anywhere it bleeds and it tells us that. So when I see people that upset me, man, I pray now. And I pray that God could save them because if he could save me, he can save them. How about you? Dude, if he can save you, Jeff, he could save you. Dude, is there any politician too hard? No, dude. And if you think that you were a little easier than those politicians and you don't really understand salvation and you don't really understand who you really were before Christ, you know, in that. So check this out, man. I'm just saying uh, that came from the Holy Spirit, man. But, <laughs> but listen, here's the scripture. Can y'all read real quick? Hey, you see we have like the cheat sheet right up here. It says there is... Can you tell me to read that for me? There is one God. Okay, okay, just stop right there. Woo, you guys are awesome, man. So how many gods are there? How many gods? How many gods? How many gods? On the count of three, everybody tell me how many gods there is. One, two, three. Wow, that could cause some fights in this world, can it? That could cause some fights in church, and it's going to get worse. How, the word of God says there's how many gods? One God. Yeah. And, and, and there's not a bunch of different gods. There's not one way here and one, oh, Buddha and Muhammad and, and, and all. No. And there's many believers or people that profess to be believers that don't know what the word of God here says. Look, there is one God. And if there's one God, whose rules do you have to play to by to get to that one God? His. There is not many ways to God. In fact, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. Jesus said that. That's why, dude, if you took, uh, what was his name? Josh McDowell. He wrote a book and he told, it was More Than a Carpenter. Everybody read More Than a Carpenter? Old school book, read it. But he said in there, he said, he made a logical argument. He said, Jesus is either a liar, a lunatic, and what was the other one? Or Lord, yeah. <laughs> he was a liar, a lunatic, or a Lord, because this is what he said in all of this. So how many gods is there? One God. Oh, so what if you thought you were a God? And you thought you were a God. And in a Hindu, uh, man, when I would go to Trinidad and I would share the gospel with Hindus, they would take Jesus on like this. But to renounce all their other gods was a whole other story. You can lead a Hindu to Christ, pretty, pretty simple, but to get him to renounce all their other gods. And I just wonder if it's the same way here in the Bible Belt. <laughs> here in Christ, American Christianity, there's one God. That's what it says. 
And that's contrary to what a lot of folks believe. You have an argument about that? Don't argue with me. Don't shoot the messenger. Take it up with God because he wrote this. All right? So there's one God. All right? Hey, so uh, let me ask you a question. It says one God. Y'all can read the next part. One what? Mediator. One mediator. What's a, what is a mediator? A person that's mean? Well, they could be. All right, what's a mediator? Any of y'all know what a mediator is? Not a meat eater, but a mediator. All right, what's a mediator, guys? Anybody ever gone to court and had a mediator? I'm not over here. I'll just say, yeah. A mediator is somebody that is put in the middle of two parties that can't get things, they can't agree. All right? And so God is one party, and who's humanity? Hey, who's humanity, y'all? Are you humanity? Yeah, you're humanity. That's right. So you need a mediator between God and you because you can't agree with God. Do you know when you come to this world, you can't agree with God? In fact, the Bible says in Romans, you're an enemy to God. Hey, when you come to this world, who do you care about? Do you care about others? You care, oh, who? You care about yourself, don't you? Thank you for being honest, man. Right. So if you do something nice for your mom, it's really because it's going to benefit you, right? Yeah, because you only care about you. You, uh, sorry, mom, to blow your whole cover on. And your moms are like, oh no, they love me. No, they love what you can do for them. <laughs> That's human nature. We love ourselves, and and we know that you can catch more flies with sugar than you can vinegar. Politicians have learned to catch flies with other stuff, but we're not talking about that. But more flies with sugar by being nice, dude. I can get, oh, if I'm nice to Chris, he'll be nice to me. And, and that's how, you know, we do things. But a mediator, so we're at a disagreement with God. You know what our disagreement with God is? Because who do we come in this world loving? Who, ourselves. Who do we want to please? And you know who God wants us to love and please? Hey, who does God want us to love and please, y'all? Him. He wants us to love him and please him, but we want to please who? ourselves. That's why we need a mediator. We need somebody to bring it together. Now, this mediator isn't like the mediators you know. We're like, all right, God, you got to back off your, sta- your status a little bit. Back off your rules. God, back off. You, you're kind of narcissistic, wanting everybody just to love you and only please you. Hey, does God have the right to be a jealous God? Does he have the right to expect all worship to go to him? Does he have the right to expect that his rules are the final rules? Yeah, he has the right because he created it all. Who made you? Who made that yawn? Dude, he allowed that. Man, and did you know your mouth? Dude, I could have fit this thing in sideways. Your mouth, like when you yawn, do you know how big your mouth is? Everyone's, dude, serious. But anyways, so we have a crisis. We have a conflict between us and God. Is God wrong, y'all? Is God ever wrong? No. So who's wrong? We are. So what we need is somebody to get between us and make us right. We need somebody to make it possible so that if there's a penalty, man, somebody to make it so things aren't messed up. Hey, do y'all have Legos? Anybody have Legos? Y'all do Legos? No. Or y'all, you like Legos? Your mom gave away your Legos? Dude, probably to these kids right here. I'm just saying. Uh, Legos. Keone, you have, you have Legos and you have them like set on a shelf all made. What do you think if Croy and Cable came in and just trashed all your Legos? Would you guys have a problem? I know it's probably happened for, but would you have a problem? You would have a problem. If you were God and they were not, you'd be like, 
you cannot come in here because every time you come in here, you trash my Legos. So, so God has a place in heaven, which is perfect. But he knows if we come in here as sinners, we trash his Legos. And, and, and he doesn't want his Legos trashed. All right? God has perfection here. And we mess things up. So first of all, to even be able to come into his presence, we have to be forgiven. Some mediator has to come. All right. And, and, and we have to, there's a penalty. Is there a penalty for having your Legos trashed? Yeah, there, there's a penalty. So whoever it is has to pay the penalty. Let's say every time you trash Legos, you own five bucks. All right. Oh, let's make it a hundred bucks. You're like, dude, no way. Uh-huh. He's like, come on in and trash my Legos. But you know, but so somebody has to pay that penalty that you can't pay. Do you have a hundred bucks just to throw away because you felt like trashing Legos? No. So you need a mediator that can come in and pay what you can't pay. And that's what Christ did for your sin. God can't let sin into heaven. It'd be just like earth. It's got to be paid for. There's a penalty. And does anybody know what the, what the wages of sin is? What the penalty? If you, how many of y'all have sinned once? Anybody here sinned once? Paul, you ever sinned? Paul, 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 yeah, Paul, 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 Paul. Yeah, you ever sin? Yeah, you sin. Do you know what you have earned? You, according to scripture, have earned a free trip to hell, my friend. You have a ticket. Hold it up. Hold your ticket up. Do you want to cash that in? No. That, but if you have sinned once, and how many of y'all, how many others of you, hold your hand, hold your little ticket up. How many of y'all have earned a free ticket to ticket to hell because you have sinned? Every one of us has. Dude, doesn't that feel weird holding that up? Like, no, I don't want to cash that in. God doesn't want you to cash it in, but you couldn't pay to get rid of it. So Christ came and paid to get rid of that ticket. And then, hey, so Keone, you got Legos and somebody, every time they come over, they trash your legs. Now I'm not trying to, I'm not saying y'all do. I really don't know. And maybe you do. I don't know, but I'm just saying, oh, they do. Oh, and okay. All right. But if you were going to have them come live in your room permanently, Keone, if they were going to come live in your room permanently, Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's what God says. Oh, they're going to trash my Legos all the time. They need to be changed, right? They need to lose the desire to trash Legos. They need to have somebody change them so they don't want to trash Legos, right? And that's what God does. He changes. He comes in. Salvation is two parts. He comes in and he pays for our sin that we couldn't pay for, but he changes us. So we don't want to trash his Legos anymore, if that makes sense. We don't want to do the wrong thing. How many of y'all know you've been changed by him? You lost desires you used to have and you have new desires. I told you guys before one time, man, it, when I got saved, if somebody would have told me in high school, somebody would have told me in college, you're going to be in church every Sunday and you're going to be in Bible study every night. And you're going to be, I would think that was hell on earth. But when he changed me, I have no greater desire than to be with you guys. Man, in fact, I looked through, I, I, every person here, I looked for Nana, I was looking through, I'm like, been praying for you guys all week. I love you guys. All, I don't want to start picking people out, but every, even you, dude, I only known you in a little bit, Kurt, right? And it's like every one of you that are here, I've just been like, yes. When I walked in, I'm like, oh, I love you guys. Because God changed me, gave me the desire and ability. Dude, I, didn't, I, I can't wait to go back in the water with Chuck. I used to not like being in the water with Chuck. I can't wait to go surf with Chuck now, man. He's probably not feeling the same way about me, but, um, but, but I love hanging out. Chuck comes over for dinner on Mondays, and we do Bible study online. And it's like, man, I love Chuck. I didn't always love Chuck. 
<laughs> well, I loved you, but I didn't like you. Now I like you and love you, bro. I can't have the relationship, man, what God does for us. And he changes us. It's awesome. And that's what happens with the mediator. So check this out. All right, y'all read this real quick. There is, how many gods is there? One God, and the one God made everything and gets to choose the rules. So again, don't fall in. This right here is the reason we need to pray for people's lost souls, because there is one God, and they need to be reconciled to the one God. And, and there is one mediator. We need one person to reconcile us to a perfect God, because we are not perfect and never can be without that reconciliation. And that uh, person is going to reconcile us to reconcile God and humanity. He does that by paying for the mess we've already made. All right. Any of y'all ever broke something from somebody? Anybody? Hey, have y'all ever broke somebody something and you had to buy them a new one? Oh, no, you're a spoiled kid. Your parents just bought it. And no, I'm just messing with you. But, but no, have any of y'all ever broke something and had to replace it? Yeah. Yeah. That's what Christ did for us. Christ said, oh, you know what? I'll pay for that. You broke my stuff, I'll pay for it. So it, it has to, it, we broke it and Christ paid for it because we couldn't afford to pay for it. But Christ changed us so we don't break stuff as often. <laughs> and one day we're never going to break stuff again. How many of y'all are looking forward to the day where you never get in trouble again? Yeah, never get in trouble again. You won't even be, hey, do y'all guys ever get in trouble? Any of y'all, you get, your hand went straight up, bro. You're right there with me. And you sometimes you even try really hard not to get in trouble, right? And what happens when you try really hard not to get in trouble? You get in trouble. Hey, that, aren't you glad that changes when you become an adult, y'all? Doesn't it? Yeah. Y'all ever get in trouble? You ever try not to get in trouble and you get in trouble? That's just the way. One day in heaven, we'll never get in trouble again because we won't do anything wrong. That's what salvation is. He gives us the desire and ability to do the right thing. So the next part, look at this. How did he do it? He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. You guys are free now to do the right thing, but you got to choose to do it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. In other words, anything you go through, it's lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. We could preach on all of that, but he said, but God's faithful. Anything you're being tempted with, God's trying to get you to trust him. And, and, and God is faithful. He'll help you. He says, with the temptation, God will make a way for you to escape. So, Barb, if God's got a way for you to escape out of a temptation, all right, let's just pretend you're in a hole, and God starts digging a, digging a tunnel and says, this is my way. And you got to go there, uh, or you have a choice of a hole somebody else dug, a tunnel, or you just start digging your own tunnel, which would be the right way to do it, Barb. Yeah, take his way, right? But how often does God say this is the way out and we start digging our own way or we take somebody else's way? What do you guys think? If you're stuck in a hole, all right, and you got to get out and there's a hole and God says, go through that tunnel right there. Would you go through the tunnel? It's dark. Yeah. Yep. If God said to, yep, that's it. That's what, and that's, but what if somebody else dug another tunnel and they said, hey, I want you to go through my tunnel. Try to do it my way and come out and get out. Don't go God's way. Go that way. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Woman of faith right there. So in other words, guys, listen. There's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able. God's trying to get you to trust him. But with the temptation, he will make a way for you to escape. So you're in the hole. You got three tunnels at least. Sometimes we have more. One tunnel he made. But it's, 
dude, would that be scary going in a tunnel of dirt? But if God said, we just got to trust that it ain't going to cave in on us, man, right? We got to trust it leads where it is. We can't even see. We're just going. We're trusting God. Sometimes any of y'all ever try to dig your own tunnel out? Dude, what happens if you try to dig your way out of a hole in the sand at the beach? Can you ever dig yourself out of a hole in the sand in the beach? If you're in a hole on the beach with a shovel, can you dig yourself out? No, because what, you can? No, I, you ain't got, no, you don't have none of that. You just have a hole in a bucket, and, a, and, and I'll give you a bucket instead of a shovel. But what happens every time you dig? All you can do is, all you can do is dig yourself deeper, right? Think about that. It's a philosophical question, and I know you're a philosophical type of girl. Yes. <laughs> All right. Theoretically, yes. <laughs> but practically speaking, it ain't going to work, sister. You just dig yourself deeper, man. And that seems to be what I'm doing with these children right now. All right. Hey, let's move on. <laughs> All right. God, come on, help me out. God knows God can do anything. All right, and God is everywhere. And so we are connected to this awesome God by this leash, which represents who? Who is the leash, y'all? The only one who's the only one that could be perfect and connect us. Jesus. And check this out. Here's kind of why again. All right, he gave his life to purchase our freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world just at the right time. So look, this is why it's so important. All right. So here we go. We have God, right? All right. And then we have me. All right. To connect. Yeah, that's what God, that's what I said. Oh, no, <laughs> you're exactly right. So, so in order for someone, all right, so someone has to, in a mediation thing, they have to know both people, right? So you, to connect somebody, a sinful person with a holy, righteous God, I mean, how many of y'all are, how many of y'all are, dude, you're a lawyer, right? You're a good one. Well, except you're on sabbatical now. It's all good, man. And you don't want to think about it, but in your heyday, maybe again in the future, whatever God's got next for you, do you think you are good enough that you could represent a human to God? No, because God's way smarter than you, bro. And you're a smart, you're one of the smartest people I know, I think. Don't break that. <laughs> At least that's what I'm thinking. All right. So don't, don't, don't mess up my, my, my fantasy in my head about you. But all right. But, but listen, man, you, even you take the best lawyer in the universe, they're nothing but a piece of thread trying to connect someone to God because God's the only one that knows everything. You don't know everything and you aren't everywhere and, 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 and you can't do everything. So, so here's Christ. All right. Christ, here's what makes him as the only one who connect us. Let me ask you a question. So he's trying to connect a human being with God, right? All right. So was Jesus God? Yeah, Jesus was God. You want to help me out, philosophical lady here? No. All right. I like your answers. Was Jesus God? Yes, he was God. How many of y'all believe Jesus was God? Yeah, and don't you ever forget that because there's going to be people trying to tell you Jesus isn't God. That's what the people who believe in all the other gods, when God said, I, there's one God and one person that connect me to that one God. See, if you believe in all these other gods and there's a lot of ways to get connected, and all, God said, no, there's one way. You need to be connected to God. And who's the only other per, who's the person that's God? Who's the only human that was God? Jesus. He was God so he could connect us to God. But so what if Jesus came? All right. Hey, Chuck. All right. I got, I, I, 
You don't mind me picking on you, right? A little bit. All right. So he came to save the human, so he had to become human. All right. What if what if what if God wanted to choose you, Charles, to give up your life and save the cockroaches? What would you have to become to let's just say, what would you have to become to save the cockroaches? To even communicate with the cockroaches. To be a substitute for the cockroaches. What would y'all have to be to be a sub? You'd have to become a cockroach. So in order for God to reconcile us to himself, he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. He was, that's why he could bring us together, right? God could bring us, Jesus could bring us together because he was 100% God, but he's also 100% man. Is there anyone else qualified that could connect us? No. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. He's the only one who could possibly do it. Hey, if God wanted you to save the barracudas, what would you have to become? A barracuda, right? God wanted you to save the, the speckled snowfish that buried the goby. What would you have to be? A speckled snowfish goby, right? And I don't even know if there is one such a thing, but yeah, what, he had to become a human. So was Jesus a man? Yep. And was Jesus God? Yeah, so is there anybody else that could be all that? So the only one who could connect us to a holy, righteous God that is so much higher, he had to be God. But he had to be able to be so low that he was a human also. That's how he connected us. I'm scared to answer that hand right there, but I'm going to do it because I think you are filled with all Tell me, what, what do you got to say? What if you can't serve? Uh, we'll teach you. All right. But that, that's an easy one right there. All right. I thought you were going to challenge me theologically here again. <laughs> All right. So in this, look at the very last part, y'all. And, and this is where we're going to end today on this. But look at this. This is the message. Hey, so what's the message, y'all? What's the message? What is the message we have? We have God is an awesome board, right? And we have someone who, us, we're just not that very awesome. And we need to be connected to God. So the message is, who connects us to God? Who can, hey, who? Jesus. All right, y'all agree? Who connects us to God? God. Yeah, God, as Jesus. He used Jesus, who is God, to connect us to God. Yeah, so that is the message that Jesus connects us to the one God. He's the only one who can connect us to the one God. He gave his life. He didn't give of a surplus. He gave everything. He came to earth and, 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 and gave his life to purchase our freedom. And look what it says at the end. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. Bob, when did you get that message, man? A couple years ago. Was it just the right time? And was it just the right time? It was a perfect time because you want him to get saved so y'all can get married, man. You want to marry a godly man, and, and God totally changed his life. Yeah. Man, think about when he came into my life, dude, it was the right time. When he came into your life, was it the right time? He came in just at the right time. And so, all right, I got one last thing. This is how we're going to summarize all. Y'all all come on over here. Y'all come on over here. And, and I want you, all right, sorry, I didn't mean to step on your head there. All right, come on right here. Everybody come right here. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Stand up. Stand up right here and get in a tight circle. All right, so here, here we are. Um, in fact, uh, you two, all right? Uh, yeah, come on, come on over here. You guys, uh, you stay up there. You're one of the humans. They're with me. I'm God. All right, all right no, there we go. We'll, go. we'll let you be God too. All right, so here we go. Back in the day, 
We saw this when we were studying John chapter 14, 15, all of that. Y'all hang tight. I know you're like troublemaker humans. That's it, but shh. Okay, so here we were. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And how long have they been in existence, y'all? Forever. They were in existence even farther back than this. And, 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 and God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they're perfect, they're love. Do you think they ever fought? No, they got along. They had perfect peace, perfect unity. Everything was awesome back in the day. But in their plan of love, they created humans. <laughs> they created you. How many of y'all, if you had a perfect life, everything was great, everything was perfect, everything could be that way? How many of y'all would create some trouble? Yeah, some of y'all would. Because how else are you going to be able to show your love and receive your love? So at some point, what God did is he created this little patch of humans right here. And, and, and y'all are messed up, man. Y'all are a bunch of messed up humans. That's right, because, because you only care about, who do, who do you only care about? Ourselves, yeah. You only care about yourself. Y'all are a bunch of messed up humans. And so which one? You're God the Father. Uh, you'll be God the Son. You'll be Jesus. I, I mean, uh, God the Holy Spirit. You'll be Jesus. So what God the Father said to Jesus is, I'm going to create a whole bunch of, we're going to create a bunch of messed up humans, and I'm going to give them to you. <laughs> I'm going to give these humans to you. So now you guys, whether you like it or not, you belong to Jesus. And Jesus is trying to boss you around, tell you what to do. And you're like, no, no, what do you do if you don't? He's trying to boss you around. You don't want to listen. What are you going to do? You're going to, yeah, hit him in the face. All right. Yeah. You're going to, yeah, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to argue with them. You're going to fuss with them. How many of y'all remember when you hit Jesus in the face and you argued and fuss with them? Yeah. Okay. And so we got this whole group of messed up humans and God, the father said, Jesus, I'm giving these to you. And what did Jesus say when he got them all? Oh, thank you. Not because they were perfect now. Now, how many of y'all know you're not Jesus? Okay, how many of y'all know you're in this group of messed up human beings? Any of y'all know you're in that group of messed up human beings? Okay, all right. So what happened is, all right, human beings, here's what's going on. So Jesus in the messed up human beings, all right, y'all come and move over in the middle more here. Move over in the middle right here. Come on over here. We still have Jesus and we have the messed up human beings. Now, guess what? Jesus never sinned, and they gave Jesus a hard time. Can y'all give Jesus a hard time? Look at that. All right, stop, 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 stop for the sake story. All right, they not only gave him such a hard time, but guess what else they did to him? What did they do to you, bro? What did they do, man? What did they do to Jesus? Come on. Yeah, it's just going to happen, man. I'm sorry. But uh, they crucified him. Can you crucify Jesus, y'all? Because start nailing to the cross. Come on. You guys are messed up humans. They nailed him to the cross and even hated him so much because he was telling them who God was and they didn't believe it. That he died. Die. Just die. Go, go down die. You have to get on the ground and die. <laughs> All right. You're dead. <laughs> All right. So there he is. He's dead. He's dead. So he's dead. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> but, and they're all like, as he's dying, what were they doing when Jesus was dying? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, they were all making fun. Ha, if you're really God, all this. But they went away and they're partying, having a good time. But on the third day, day one, day two, day three, what happened on day three? Dun, dun, dun. He lives. Yes. He came to life. And, and guess what? He starts inviting them. Hey, come with me, man. Come with me. And guess what? A couple, some of them did. Let's just say these three. Y'all stay, y'all stay back there. Y'all are still, y'all are still messed up. All right. They come to him. 
No, no, you're with Jesus now. All right. No, here, stay, stay right here. I don't know. Maybe you should go back in that one. No, but, <laughs> but anyway, so, so now Jesus, Jesus brings him and says, look, I am alive so that when you die, hey, when you die, look, you watched him die, right? And he got raised back up. So when you die, you already know you can't raise yourself up, right? No, but you know who can raise you up? Because you watch him raise himself. He can raise you up. So you're like, yes, we want to follow you. So do this, man. We want to follow you. There we go. All right. He says, but wait one minute. One minute. All right. He said, I'm going up to heaven. And, and he goes and he's, and he's in heaven. But now, and, and he's praying for you guys. And you know who he's praying for? He's praying that you guys would talk to other people and tell them that Jesus can raise them from the dead when they die and y'all can live in heaven. So turn around, talk to these messed up people here. All right. Yeah. And, and guess what now? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Right here. All y'all come here. All y'all come here. All y'all come here. And guess what? Now we have a church. That's a church. And not only do we have the church, guys, but look, now he paid for your sins. So guess what? They're paid for. Does that mean we have to commit some more because they're already paid for? No, we don't want to commit because he's changed us and he wants us to be more like him. And then, I know, it, it, it did a while ago. And uh, thank you, though, for being so uh, observant. Oh, yeah, I put it right there. Somebody did. But, so, but guess what's going to happen? We're the church and we're telling people, you know what's going to happen? He's going to come back. Here, get up here. Get up here like you're in heaven, man. Stand up there. All right, on the count of three, jump back into planet. One, two, three. Jesus comes back and he brings his church with him. Come on, church. And the church gets to go to heaven. And how long are you going to be together with Jesus? Forever. And you're going to be perfect. Y'all remember when y'all were back there and you're pretty messed up? How many of y'all remember when you were pretty messed up? How many of you say, remember, how many of y'all are still pretty messed up? But how many of you are having more godly desires now? And how many know and looking forward to the day when you're perfect in heaven with him? And God the Father, God the Son, Holy Spirit, you guys are in the, not only in a, hey, God the, I didn't forget about you guys. <laughs> Jesus didn't forget, come on, come on. You guys are part of not only the past, the present, but you're also part of the future. And we get to live with God forever. And when we know that we get to live with God forever, what do we say? Here, throw up a shaka and go, yeah! <laughs> All right. Very good. All right. Hey, come back and sit. Come back. Come right up here. And I want you guys to take a bow, man, for that performance. All right. Come back here. All right. On the count of three, I want you to bow. One, two, three. Give it up for them. All right. Sit back down again, knuckleheads. We're getting ready to stop. We're getting ready to finish. Dude, that's the history of the universe right there. And so I don't know where you're at in it, but we made light of this. But in light of the scripture, there's one God and there's only one way to be reconciled to that one God. All right. Hey, Esther. All right. All right. Good. Yeah, dude, that guitar cost more money than you did. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) But, but, But seriously, guys, there's one God. There's one mediator that can hook you to God. If you're not counting on that one mediator for any part of your salvation, man, you're hanging on by a thread. At some point in time, you got to realize you're a sinner, and the wages of sin is eternal death, eternal separation from God. 
And there's nothing you can do. Any effort you have is a thread. And it's going to break when you're trying to be where God wants you to be, do what God wants you to do, hang out with him. It, it, it's not going to hold up. The only, the only thing that is going to keep you connected, connect you initially and keep you connected is Jesus Christ. Amen. That's it. So if you have some other plans, some other idea, and it doesn't change, I want you to go read the last three or four chapters of the book of Revelation. Because what there's going to be, there's going to be a great white throne judgment where it says all the people who thought their thread was going to work, their own way was going to work, they go and they see Christ come down on a throne. And it says they realize what a mistake they've made, that they can't stand. They're a thread. They got no way of surviving. And what happens is they run, they try to hide, they call for the rocks to crawl, fall on them, and it doesn't happen. They have to stand before God Almighty and give an account as to why they rejected his love of him coming down, not only paying for their sins, but giving them eternal life. Why they rejected that love. There's no excuse. So if God is speaking to your heart, you don't know whether or not you're one of his children because you're trusting in what Christ did, but you're holding on by a thread, man, I want to encourage you to give your life to Christ. He told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he said, it's like the wind. He said, you don't know when it's coming. You don't know when it's leaving, but you know when it's there. And if you have a desire to surrender everything you know about yourself to everything you know about him, he's giving you that desire. And there's no guarantee that desire is going to be there after today. It might be. You might say, I've had it forever. It might today might be. I don't know. I'm not omniscient. God is. But you jump on it when he gives you that desire. You can't say after today you didn't hear it. You saw a bunch of kids just act it all out. You heard it from me. You've seen it in a surfboard. You've seen it in the scriptures. There's no excuse. And I guarantee you, whatever fears you have, faith will dispel those. I'm going to give you a clue. A lot of people are like, man, I don't know what's next. I give my life to Christ, man. I, 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 how do I know what next to do? I'm going to tell you this. Those of us who are believers, we have no clue what's next. But we know who's in charge. And we follow. And it started with that first footstep. So if God's calling you to follow, man, today might be the day, man. I'm not trying to give some like Billy Graham and, you know, big whatever. Dude, I just want you to get saved because your attorney's at stake, man. When you die without Christ, you bust hell wide open forever. But if you have Christ, man, <laughs> you're going to be perfect in a perfect place with a perfect God forever. And if you have the ability to believe that, go for it. If you don't, I want to pray for you, man. I have no God knows here. I want to pray for you to have that. But that's the real deal. This is what's getting ready to go down. If you do know Christ, then I want you to know this is what you have been left here to do. To live for him. To accept the opportunities to please him that require faith. Instead of whining and fussing about your situation, following God and letting God do something in your life so supernatural that only he can get blamed. And then people can watch and say, wow, I want a piece of that God. God may be wanting to use you like he used these kids today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. <laughs> Father, I pray that through the gospel, we see how much you loved us. You loved us so much. You'd rather die than live without us. Father, you are an awesome, you're more awesome than this board of Allens. <laughs> Father, <laughs> 
I, I, I think of Alan, all the conversations we had, and the greatest one was the day he paddled up to me, and he says, I know who Jesus is. Jesus is Lord. Lord of my life. Lord. And um, I'm going to follow him. That's what I asked Alan. I said, what are you going to do now that you know that? He says, I'm going to follow him. So Father, um, I just pray that there's somebody here that's never truly surrendered themselves to you. Somebody questioning, somebody wondering. Father, I know that if we were driving around and weren't sure where we're going, we'd call it lost in spite of being a man. We call it lost. So, Father, if someone is lost today, I pray that they would be found. I pray that they would surrender everything they know about themselves, everything they know about you. And I pray that when they do that, Father, that you will come and live inside of them like you promised in the form of your Holy Spirit, and you will give them peace. You will give them assurance inside to know that they are yours and they're yours forever and that the word of God is true, and Christ is the only mediator. You will confirm all of that. Father, often the world says, prove it to me, and I'll believe, but you say, no, believe in me, and then I'll prove it to you. And we know that to be true. So, Father, I pray that as believers, as your children, we'd be reminded of what our job is, as in wanting to see the world be saved. And that would be our priority, no matter where our circle of influence is. And that if there's somebody here that's lost, today they'd be found. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.